What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane. I got my boy David Del Rosario on the show today. What's up, D? What's going on, man? <laughs> I like, the, I like the, 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 the pause before. Got to build it up a little bit. No, because I took a drink of water, and then you always do the pause before the drink of water. Yeah, like, God forbid you start talking right away, yeah. and then the water goes into the, the talking mm. part, dude, and, that, and you drown, and you drown. Yeah. And that's the end of the podcast. Like, yeah. all right, guys, this is four seconds. Uh, we have a death. Great. This is great. <laughs> Shout out to the water bottle company. Dude, that would be viral. Like, that would make this pod blow. I mean, I'll, I'll lose a friend, but this pod, though, <laughs> will be at the next level. You saw I got to die on the podcast? It's like, hey. Look, I'm right? a I, was, I was talking to, you know, JB Ball, right? Yeah. So JB and I were talking about, oh, wouldn't it be a great bit? Because I think we were talking about times that we got, like, uh, like attacked on stage. And uh, he was talking about um, some guy actually, like, came up to him with a gun while he was on stage. And I'll be like, now, imagine that was a bit, you know, where right. every comedian <laughs> had, had, the, uh, had the dude just approach him with a whip of the gun. Be like, hey, get on with it. And, and then the comics talk about it afterwards. Like, how long into your set did he pull the gun on you? Six minutes? It was ten for me. You know, just shit like that. That's so, wow. Uh, but no, man, it's uh, it's it's been you know, it, it'll be it'll be interesting if that's the course that it takes. Take a swig of the water bottle, and that's it. It'd be be crazy if you pull a gun on a Zoom podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not near you. Yeah, <laughs> get to the podcast. I'm like, I, it didn't even make a difference. Yeah, it's like you just look cool on a podcast. You look dumb, but also cool because it's you got more dumb than cool. I mean, I've yeah. seen a lot of our videos go south. Uh, what you know, all of them? Well, I never, yeah, all of them. Yeah. I, I never seen one not. I never seen a world star video with two dudes like like piece it up. Hey man, I was gonna yeah. shoot you earlier, but you know what, man? Let's just come together. I'm sorry, fam. Like yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. seen one world star piece it up video. It's always me, this one has a gun in it. It's probably gonna end well. It's probably gonna end well. <laughs> I bet these guys are like uh, playing basketball right now. <laughs> it's like nah, they're playing to the death right now. It's like whoever wins this game is not is getting shot. Like it's it's levels to world star. Dude, but uh, I'm I'm happy to be here with you, man. Happy to join you um, for for this uh, this this. Dude, this the... is happy to have you on, man. I want to have you on before, but we have a real occasion to have you on now. You have a special coming out. You see how we just got right into the promo? We just like rolled into it. Dude. You have a, you have a special coming out. Give us some backdrop on when it's. I'll give airing. you a backdrop. I'll give you a backdrop right oh, now. Here's... Oh, <laughs> look at that. That's the backdrop right there, baby. There you go. But uh, but no no um yeah no it's it's uh it's it's pretty much just a, a, a whole thing where uh this taping is 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 it's exciting man it's a hot comedy festival uh we shot it in San Antonio nice. the tape was for uh, basically HBO came out and they saw all of the Latino comedians that were there and then they, they were like let's have a showcase of you know the heavy hitters of the festival. Right. And uh, lo and behold, uh, the trailer comes out and uh, and boom, I'm, I'm on that sucker. So, yeah, man. That's big. How many people are on the show? It's eight comics total on the lineup. Mm -hmm. Angela Johnson is the host. Forgive me for my gas. Uh, but no, Angela Johnson is a, hey, man, I'm trying to keep it sexy, man. You know, I like I can't just have gas and then it just, you know. I don't think that's uh, sexy at all. <laughs> I think that's yeah, sexy. exactly. No, you have that, you know. But um, Angela Johnson is the host for the for the showcase, and there's mm -hmm. just fantastic, 
fantastic comics on there and uh, they're all Latinos. So it's gonna, it, you know, you're definitely gonna have that perspective uh, in, in, uh, in this showcase. Like I was uh, thinking about something that can be, uh, you know, correlated to it was something like Heart of the City where it has a yeah. showcase structure or uh, even uh, Joe Coy had, has a Netflix thing uh, where, um, where he has all his uh, Filipino comedians come out and they do their cool. thing. This is in that same vein where okay. it's about eight comics and we, we all dip, have our own points of view from the Latino perspective, that Latino culture. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. And it's uh, coming out on uh, HBO Max, you know? So August 20th, I don't know when this is airing. Maybe it's available now. This is airing tomorrow. So this is airing on the 17th. Oh, so there you go. August 20th, <laughs> download HBO Max, give the week free trial. It's, it's amazing because their selection of just movies and series alone it's pretty dope. Deep, so, I've um, seen it. You know, and, um, but, and, you know, the special comes out, so it's the Hot Comedy Fest, and we filmed it out there in San Antonio, bro, and it was, it was, it was a blast, and, uh, and, you know, like, and I, I'm glad that I'm on this, because I get to kind of just shoot the breeze with you and, yeah. and talk about it, because um, we both came up, you know, we both came up in, uh, you know, working shows in Florida. 305, you know? man. 305. <laughs> Doing it the right way. So tell me, yeah. before we get into the Miami stuff, I want to I want to give more yeah. time to the special. How did you feel going into it? And I mean differently. We've all done shows like the, the improvs and that kind of thing. But like knowing this is going to go out to the people, knowing this is going to be – this is the internet age. So this is video yeah. is, for, is for life. So going into it knowing, hey, man, if I do poorly, that's forever. But also if I ball out, that's always there. So like how did you feel like kind of going into that? Well – I felt um, there were little things that I had to, like little things that I had to adjust even leading up to the last taping. We did two tapings uh, for for HBO. So it was, we had one early show and then we had a late show. And then it was, they picked and edited from both sets, right. which one they would uh, end up using, you know, with a budget like that. I was talking to, to JB and they only had one taping for Heart of the City. And I'm just like, this was a real privilege because you know, I can hit them with one set this way and another set that way, and then whichever one they feel is better, they can choose from it. But even till the last set, um, I felt like there was little things to adjust. I was confident in my act to be able to make those adjustments even to the last uh, taping, uh, the second one, um, that it made for what you get in the final product. So I felt good. I felt confident enough, you know, even just having done that particular venue where they did the taping, right. I felt good in there. I felt good by that, by that second run of the set. So I was just like, you know, and Am is backstage with me. Am is okay. backstage with me and she's just like, look, the cameras are here. You know, with the, since the cameras are here, you could do this with your set. You could, you could do a little bit more of this, give more facial reactions, just like little things like that, little notes. And it was little adjustments, you know, because by that time, it's like, if you don't know what the fuck you're going to say up there, you know, you can't, you can't like, you know, 15, 20 minutes before just be like, yeah, I'm going to take out this whole two minutes of my act to refill it with a roll of the dice. It's like, you have to, um, but I was well prepared going into it. Um, I had, I had, I was just very confident in, 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 in that. And I just, 
I got, I, I'm not gonna lie. The first, the the moment I didn't realize it was a taping for HBO officially uh, till the day of the taping. Gotcha. Because they were picking different acts to kind of compile together. I would say a couple of days before comics started to fly out for the festival. So I got the call maybe a week before we flew out. And even then I didn't even know for what, to what extent they were going to be taping. Right. They said Warner media was going to be there. They said HBO was going to be there. So I'm just, I'm swinging for the fences on every set that weekend right. on every set that weekend. I have four total shows. I knew that for this show, Bob, I got to knock it out of the park. Cause you don't know who the fuck is going to talk to you. The second set, you know, boom, you and a lot more stuff transpired afterwards. Like there was people that I got to know during the festival because that's how, that's where it happened. It was during the course of this entire weekend festival. Have you have you been to a, or done a festival, Chris? I did one little one in Miami. I never done anything of this magnitude. It was like a one day joint, so it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just it's a whole bunch of you know a string of shows tied along this entire weekend. So. I'm going into it and I, dude, I, I had a, a like a, a performance. It was like an audition almost for, for the, uh, for the people that kind of make the decisions for the festival and that are going to have me perform for Warner media and for HBO. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, because that, that, that's the thing. Like I'm hearing a little bit of this. I'm hearing a little bit of that. That's why when, when, even when the trailer dropped, I was I, I was taken aback because I was just like, oh, this shit's real. Yeah. This shit's fucking, like, dude, that's me. I went, <laughs> what's up? You're like, that's me on the trailer. Dude, I, I, was, I was blown away. I was, I was in the car. I was driving in the car with Am, and I got sent the link for it, and I was just like, ah! Like, you know, like that, dude. It was like that. It was literally like that. Yeah. But uh, the, the, the crazy thing about it was, was the fact that every set, I knew what I had to do, and you had to kind of go into it like that scene from Shawshank Redemption with Morgan Freeman at the end, with the third the third time that they yeah. bring him for the evaluation, and he's just like, I don't give a fuck what you guys put on the on the manual and shit. I know if you guys are gonna approve me <laughs> here. It was just like that moment for me has been the entire course of my comedy career is just performing the hell out of this shit on stage and then running off stage and then just sitting there like Morgan Freeman at the end of Shawshank just like look man it's either you know <laughs> I'm gonna go all in or I'm gonna just keep playing at the table you know um but that that's how it was man and I think you know you 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 talking about that it kind of makes me realize that like the, the preparation, it, especially preparing how I, how I was feeling before then, it was just, I've been, I've been doing these shows. I got it. I got it locked down. And, uh, and I was, so I was confident. I was confident going into it. Listen, I'm happy to hear it, man, because I haven't done anything on this magnitude before. So personally, I'm, I can only put myself hypothetically in a situation yeah, where yeah, I'm yeah. like, all right, man, I'm doing a show tomorrow because for the Heart of the City thing, for people who have seen those, I was on the production side of that. So like Rob and me and the rest of Speak, we were like on that side of that. So I got to see yeah. it from the setup and the booking side of it. But I wasn't, a, I wasn't a talent for that. So I didn't get to do the actual performance part of it. 
So I saw what went into it. I saw those cameras being trucked in. I saw the amount of money being put in. I'm like, these cameras exactly. are <laughs> these cameras are expensive. So I, I, I got how important it was because like Kevin was in the building for the shooting of it. So I was like, all right, he doesn't live here. And he flew here for this specifically. I understand there's some real money being put into it. So yeah. visual, I think it was Cisco, JB, um, was it Pam and one other, I forgot the other person in the show. But uh, plus. Yes. Yeah, plus no, is, plus is great, that, yeah. That, that, that whole, uh, the whole experience, like when we got there for the date of the taping, it felt like more and more people were backstage as the, as the weekend went on. And, and I knew that this was just like, why are there so many people running around? Why does this person with the headset running around like a chicken with their head cut off with this clipboard in hand? Like, oh, where's my shirt? Where's my shirt? Oh, it's being ironed. I got it. I got it. You know, like, you know, you, you, you're running around all the while you got it. You already, you, you got the act locked. Like I was just like, I was in there. Like I knew boom, 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 boom. Like I, even the last day I was just like, all right, I know I'm going to talk about this, but you know, so you're, Dude, you're so honed in, and it's just like uh, the best way I would describe it is like, especially on a day like that. Even if you're working as crew, you know, it's it's probably like you're just like a floating head with a walkie-talkie. Yeah, yeah you're just moving around. You know. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was pretty pretty cool to see the uh, the control room of you know you'd see like like the whole uh, but but it was cool. The production aspect of it really blew me away, and the fact that. They did two tapings of this because it was like, all right, you're already set up. Let's just bring another crowd in here and then boom, do it again. So um, just professional. And it was the red carpet treatment throughout the entire thing. Like when you're, you know, when you do big festivals like that or you do like a, like a big sky or just for laughs. And let me tell you, these people spared no expense. The hot comedy festival people were the original people that put together the Latino Lap Fest, which was huge oh. for like comedians like Gabriel Iglesias to really showcase these Latino yeah. comics on the rise. So that stemmed uh, that that stemmed from this this 60, I think it was 65% uh, Latino demographic that, that were like tuning in and, and just watching and stuff like that. And then this guy was just like, this is a very large percentage of, of people that are, that are watching, you know, and so they got this and they saw that and they put it two and two together. And it was like that Latino Laugh Fest happened a few years before the Hot Comedy Festival, and then they were like, all right, let's bring it back. Let's right. bring it back. So, um, But uh, the, just the production value was was phenomenal, man. Uh, it was it was the best. I mean, it's all led to this, man. It really has. So now that we've gotten to this point, what's your next step going forward? Because we know how comedy works. Like, if you don't keep moving forward in comedy, you become that dude doing the same act 10 years later trying to live off past success. So now that you've gotten to this level, you got, and it hasn't come out yet, so we have, you haven't gotten the ripple effects yeah. of it yet. But once you get the ripple effects and people see it, maybe some clubs can like, oh, I didn't know you were that big, yada, yada. What's your next step? I know 2020 is a weird time because, you know, comedy's kind of shut down. What's your next step in your mind to do like your own side special, to team up with this festival again? You and Am do your own thing? Like what's your, your next step from here? Well, yeah, that's always uh, that's always uh, on our minds uh, as as uh, as comedians, as performers, as like you know, just go getters and 
you know, people that are just naturally motivated, like, like you and I, uh, and I would say that the stuff that I got, uh, coming up in the future is just, you know, some projects that I want to get off the ground. Absolutely. Uh, cutting, uh, uh, my own special would be fantastic. I, I, you know, I could bust out like, you know, like a half hour, uh, you know, just a special, it could be a little bit of stand up, and, uh, you know, also I can, uh, right now, what I'm, what I'm really, uh, initially is like, you know, I'm writing and, and, you know, hopefully I can launch some projects that I have in mind, but, um, I'm having a lot of fun with Am right now. Uh, Anne-Marie Lee, which by the way is, uh, yeah. uh, you know, she's a comedian as well. We Friend are, uh, yeah, we were, um, we're creating like a, like a hub, if you will, like where we, you can come to, um, it's called pretentious liquid and they could just come and just watch, you know, episodes of podcasts, or we have a show where, you know, you could watch a movie, uh, that, that, you know, we have and do commentary on as we do the commentary, you watch the movie. So it's like comics, cinema commentary is what we call gotcha. it. So that's one thing, you know, we got the sketches always coming. Uh, we're going to be launching a gaming channel as well. You know, it's okay. kind of the direction that we're moving in where we're just um, moving forward into what it is that you're doing now, which is, you know, this online platform and everything's going to be straight online, straight digital, you know, um, you know, I feel old fashioned when I say this. it's just going to, it's going to go digital, man. Dude, this is just going to, this is going to be beyond digital, dude. It's going to be like super Dolby digital, dude. Dolby's and, digital. Uh, but, but no, but, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean everything's everything's pretty much just gonna be uh, within this like one particular helm of the internet. So I'm thinking of just like a little cornerstone of you know what we're doing and what we're creating, and obviously projects that I've you know been you know writing and working on, and obviously yeah, just to to bust out a a, a special would be fantastic. So that's kind of what I see upon the horizon and it, the world of comedy uh, in the next you know several months couple of years i would say it, it's all going to hinge on what happens now man a lot uh, a lot of craziness is you know just the world is kind of uh, insane right now you know uh after november you know we don't know what's going to happen we don't know what's going to happen um you know in, on, in a lot of different aspects but um comedy i think whether you uh, whether the clubs reopen or not people are going to go out and they're going to be in the streets and you're either going to have to go to a drive-in movie theater or an outdoor patio show to get your comedy. Yeah. And that's another thing is that comedians can't come to terms with that. I know a couple of people that are just like, I refuse to do an outdoor show. I was like, well, you better, if you give a shit about doing stand-up anymore, you either keep doing whatever it is that you're doing on the side or you go to this outdoor patio show Right. under a gazebo with a wireless mic you know like that's what it is that's what we do yeah uh it, it, you know but that, that i think that's the future and you, you're gonna you know still see shows coming out i think it's it's gonna definitely not be the same kind of comedy that we were used to but you know uh, it's and it's important to have a game plan and uh especially now no i think you're right i was um i went i went to a show in someone's not backyard, but basically uh, recently. And I was watching it and I was listening to the comics because there were big comics like Ian Edwards was there, like Eliza Schlesinger, like some big some big people were there. But I was I was watching the setup more than I was listening to their act because they were doing jokes that they haven't 
like flushed out yet because they haven't been able to perform. So they were like, this is my premise. And I understand as a comedian what they're trying to do. Like, let me just talk it through on stage and kind of see where it goes. And like, oh, you can put a pin in that for later. I'm watching the lighting. I was watching, they had a cordless mic. I was watching the speaker set up, like where it was placed, how the chairs were aligned, trying to figure out how much space do you need versus how many people can be in the audience. Like I'm looking at that whole side of it. And it's like, oh, it's yeah. such a great show. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I'm focused on the business side of it because I have a virtual show this Friday the 21st just to do some promotions for my own thing. But my goal, I think, will be to do some version of an outdoor show. I think I will want to do some tent-like thing, but I have to look into the pricing points of all that stuff. I don't have a backyard I can really use to like do that for people personally. Yeah. But when I saw how they set it up, they literally were just like ragtag. I mean, they had to get a good mic, had a good speaker system. But aside from that, it was foldable chairs. It wasn't some like over the top production. And people yeah. left like, man, that was really, that was great. That was worth it. People were really excited. And normally in the comedy club, they're like, my fries haven't got here yet. I'm drinking the same one. They get all bougie in the comedy club outside. It's mosquitoes, planes overboard. And people are just like, I'm cool with the plane. That's yeah. They just put up that's with so it. Yeah. I didn't think I didn't think about it that way. That that's uh that's a good way of putting it because if you're with able to withstand the elements, it's like you really you are not gonna have a whole lot. And the thing is, is like I, I, I understand where you're coming from with that. And aesthetically, like is it you know, is it a good show if it's got the right layout, if it's got the right sound, if it has the right system, the right lineup. Um, you know, uh it, it, it's crazy. Um uh when I was talking with J B uh, he was telling me about him doing like us doing shows. And I mean, we've been there, you know, where only three of the people that are booked on the show are truly equipped to handle the situation before yeah. them, you know, and, and that, and what that, you know, what, um, what, you know, what you're able to, to see with something like that is that like, when you do an outdoor show, it's, it's a different, uh, it's a different st- form of it's a different platform than if you were to be it in a club you're not going to perform i mean it's just it's a different it's 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 just a different setup than than you would in a club where everybody's just like i think everybody is there to laugh i think that the mindset is there i mean i've done the outdoor shows you know so it's it's just you know you uh, a matter but it's gonna take getting used to it's uh you know but but hey, listen, until we can take stuff, take the party back inside, you know, we're going to be outside for now. And, and that's, you know, and it's good. And it's good that you have that uh, perspective and that vision uh, to see shows like that and be like, okay, uh, how can I, how can I rock with something like this? One of the things I've kind of come to, this is my way of thinking. I can't speak for everybody else. My way of thinking is this whole city is people trying to get to a certain place for the most part. Like 80% of the city is in the industry on some, on some level, photography, comedian, acting, whatever, music. So everyone's trying to get to a certain level. And then the people who are at that level are trying to maintain their level. Mm-hmm. So for us, as people who are coming up, we on some level need people above us to give us an assist to get there, right? They have yeah. to put us on their shows. They have to promote us. They have to come on the pod. They have to do whatever. Because me and you doing a show, hey, it's David and Chris doing a comedy show is nothing. But if David's opening for you know bill burr then that's oh now you get that burn from burr but burr's got to put you on for you to be on that right so yeah. i but that's not really human nature to necessarily bring people up under you 
who you think can supplant you, right? So people will bring you up. They think you'll stay at a level. But if you're ambitious at a certain point, you're at some point going to come at them, right? Like if I think I'm going to be, my goal is to be the best comedian in the world and you're yeah. barely holding on to your top spot, why would you bring me along? I'm coming for your job. So yeah. my whole thing is why I have my own shows, why I'm doing virtual, why I'm doing a pod is because I want to have my own thing. Yes, I, I would love assistance from other people. Hey, put me on the show, like give me some burn, whatever. But if I'm depending on other people only to get ahead, I feel like it doesn't limit to how far I'll get. If I have my oh. own thing to fall back on and I'm having my own, like you guys have built your own hub for a reason because you people will see the hub and be attracted to your hub and then hubs will align and hub gets bigger and it grows. If you come into it with nothing but, hey, I'm funny, put me on. It's like, yes, a lot of funny people in the city. What else you got? You got to bring something yep. else to the table. So ownership in this respect, having my show, having a logo, having a, a brand, if you will, is important to me. And I think that's where I've always kind of gone since I've been out here, which is maybe it's a slower road. I could have just maybe kissed some ass and be like, hey, man, you're really funny, bro. Put me out. like, But that's not my game. And yeah. I think down the line, it's going to pay off. And immediate, yeah, it's not not so much. <laughs> but down the line, it will, I think. Well, there, there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that you said with that. Uh, first of all, you are especially in – in stand-up, just stand-up alone, not sketch because that's more of a group thing, not improv because that's more of a group thing. But with stand-up, it's a very single-player game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what you're what you're the the you're, you're looking at the trajectory of like long game, like how is this gonna pay off down the line? And uh, right now, I think I think that it was a matter of of evolution, but doing your own thing. Uh, and being responsible for, for the choices you make and how you go about them are going to dictate the type of professional that you are in your career. Um, I think that you have uh, so many people that try to tell you, you know, how, how hey, you know, you wouldn't believe the amount of, of, of kind of just, you have, the, 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 the amount of uh, deterrence, if you will, like along your, your, the, the, the path that you're taking to do what it is that you want to do to, you know, to make funny videos or, or be funny on stage or anything like that. Um, I was, you know, you, you have to have that kind of Spartan helmet, you know, to kind of like block out the peripherals because right. if you keep that singular focus, you know, yeah, you can, um, you're, you're going to, you're going to go, you're going to have your, your, your ups and your downs, just like with anything. But at the end of it, you know, whether it be having your own television show or, you know, touring nationally, you know, uh, and selling out arenas, you know, whatever it is, you're responsible for your successes, the mistakes that you learn from. Like, I, I know for a fact that every time that, you know, we have a bad show, we learn from those mistakes and we carry those mistakes and we learn from them, right? But we move forward, man. We yeah, move so. forward. Like, I'm not going to get caught up with some shit that I heard, you know, because like, oh, because, you know, oh, but, you know, it's, it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll, hey, thanks. But, you know, like, I, dude, you, you have, you have to know what, what to take, you know, what, what to give. You know, and uh, and it's about the choices. Uh, was that the um, the line from Gladiator? Uh, every, 
what what you do now or the choices that you make live on in eternity or something like that and it's just so true dude it's so true like if i bro i can't tell you i was i remember elwood's in downtown miami (laughs) and there was and i was in a competition and i was like i gotta win this shit man for the improv i gotta win this shit and you wouldn't believe like the, the just the, the amount of of just like little things. It wasn't even big things, little things. That if I was dude, and, and, and even then, and it's funny you talking of uh, talking about the assist, right? I was looking at I was looking at the uh, at the Jordan documentary, and it's funny enough. And I had this big debate with uh, another comedian uh, that you may know, Shang. Yeah, oh, sure. uh, and, and we were talking about like the individual that has a, a long-term, like a long game, you know? And he's like one of those people who's like, oh, you know, but he, you know, this and that and, 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 and the other. But I was just like, wait a second, dude. You know, if you go ahead and you're talking about Scotty, right? Like, cause he was like, oh, he didn't do Scotty right. And I was just like, listen, man, I don't, I think with as much shit that he was wrapped up in, he probably just didn't have time to to look out for Scott. Him and Scotty are probably cool as shit now, right? Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think that, but, yeah, they're right. But yeah, I mean, but but the the point of the matter is, is like, I was uh, another another big thing was uh, Andy Kaufman. He he had a writer follow him along, and he was when he was hosting SNL in '76, and the writer tried to get interviews with the other cast members during show week, and she's just like, I can't get an interview to save my life with like Dan Aykroyd or Bill yeah. Murray, and Andy Kaufman leans over to her and be like, Well, yeah, because they're kind of like they got their own careers and their own things going on right now. It's like, you know, you could talk about getting the assist and you could put, you could try to go ahead and, and, and see if, if these people can, can lend you a hand, but unless you put in the work yourself, unless you go ahead and grind, unless you go ahead and make the decisions to, to develop that work ethic, you know, then you, you, you can do no wrong if you put in that work. But if right. you go ahead and you let those little things affect you, you know, because people get wrapped up in that shit, man. I mean, we're our own worst critics when it comes yeah. to a show. It's just like, you know, <laughs> I'll never forget a booker tell me I had a, I had a, I had a rough show, and, and the booker comes up to me, and, and I knew I had a, a, a whatever performance, and he's just like, how do you think you did? Oof. And I was <laughs> it's like. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, I knew. <laughs> and I knew. But uh, but no, and then I had another show after that, and it went well, and you know, that's that's how it is, man. It's one of the funniest things about comedy is that when you do multiple shows in the same night at different venues, yeah, like if you're like club hopping and stuff, you can do the same set an hour apart and get drastically different reactions. Like, I was beefing with my girl one time in Miami, and then I did a show, and she was like, it was on the forefront of my mind, and that first show was completely trash. I'm like. Halfway through the set, I kind of bailed. The audience bailed before that. I bailed halfway through where I was like, what do y'all want to talk about? And that's when I just stopped, <laughs> just stopped doing material. I was on to the next one. But I was like, then I felt bad. I was like, damn, that was a really horrible set. And I knew another spot was up like at nine or something. Rushed over there. They put me on like kind of late because I got there late. Did the same material, but this time I just said, let me just try to get some redemption. And it was one of the best sets I did where people were like, yo, who's this dude? You got to bring this guy back, yada, yada. And it was more like, if I had stayed in that space of the first show, 
then it yeah. just would have been two bad shows in the same night, which is basically like, let me go to the liquor store real quick and I don't even drink. Or it's, if you're not locked in, the crowd knows when you're not locked in. They yeah. see everything. They see mannerisms. They see confidence. They see you looking off in the space. They can see you thinking. They know when you're not there. And I wasn't there. Like I was thinking about a good argument to get her not mad at me, but I wasn't thinking about a good way to finish my joke. <laughs> so it's like those worlds were doing all this. And the second yeah. show was just like, hey, I'll deal with that situation after the show. Let me focus oh, on absolutely. Show. And I felt the crowd, the crowd was like starving for something funny. We had a cute couple in the front. I got to do a little crowd work with them. And it just was like, it just flowed. And I walked off like, it's, you can't take it for granted. <laughs> you can't take it for granted. Then I went home my girls like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah. did a, I did a good show and a bad show. And I was all off my game. You want to get some sushi? He's like, yeah. And then oh, I yeah, no, you take, you, you, when, when you have, uh, when you get the rough set, it either goes one of two ways. You can either go and do another set if you find another room, if you're really desperate to chase that dragon. <laughs> or yeah, you could just bury the hatchet and go, uh, go for a drink or some sushi and just be like, just, you know, have your, uh, your sashimi and just be like, man, that lady in the front, you know? And, I didn't uh, get no, but, Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, um, I think I think to 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 that you know to that effect like to that note um, yeah I mean you're you're I, I've had you know certain bits and 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 certain sets that I'm just like oh dude this bit here it's gonna destroy and uh, <laughs> lo and behold I have a not so dazzling performance and yeah I mean if it. It may work in one place and it may not work in another place, and, right. and you, know, you got to shift gears. That that's when you know you gotta, you know, you gotta, you either do what you did, which is just like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about, <laughs> or, or, or you could go go to another bit that could potentially be, you know, better bit, a stronger bit. You know, you gotta go yeah. from talking about food to, you know, how you saw some naked chick in the middle of the street yesterday. You know. Stop my material. One of the one of the hardest things is when you have a material that works traditionally and then it doesn't work on like a big stage. And you're like, I've been doing that joke for four months. I know it's a good joke. And you go into it with the confidence of a good joke. It's almost like starting to rap to a girl. I know you're booed up. But for the single people, you have your, you know, you got your game, you got your one, two, three, whatever. And you drop, you drop your your go-to line. It just fails. It's like uh yeah. It's, like being, it's like being a basketball player that can't go left. You just keep going right. It's like, well, I, I went right, and then she was there to block the shot. What do I do? You just pass it out to the three-point line. It's like, I'm not ready. <laughs> well, I yeah, man. I, I, uh, I, it, it's, funny you, uh, it's funny because um, the way, when I look at a bit or when I have a, a – it's, it's, it's got to be a bit uh, that I believe in. I think that that's, that's probably the, the best way to approach it where you're not you're not walking in with the bit being like let me get let me just hit these points of the bit i know how to perform it but yeah it's it's uh it's a matter of uh steve martin steve martin said it best uh when i did uh when i read uh, born standing up is like when you're performing the bit you're performing it like as if it's the first time that you've performed it so I even mentally had to like, like, especially when I'm going to go into a bit, it's kind of like, all right, I'm going to have fun with it. This is, oh, wait till they hear this one. 
you know? <laughs> and then, yeah, but that, that's how excited you have to be about it, you know? Because if, if, if you don't project that belief and that passion in what it is that you're talking about, they're going to smell that shit, dude. They're going to sniff it a mile away. So even if it's like a, even if it's like a hand gesture, you're like raising your elbow or something like that. And that's what killed that night. When you raised your fucking elbow, you should have recorded that bit. And that's another thing is that comedians, you know, you got to record your shit so you can take notes. And you know, that, that night that you raised the elbow, the crowd went ape shit, you know? So it's like that, that's, there it is. About the elbow. Like, I was just thinking, it was funny that because you said mannerisms, right? Yeah. And I'm just thinking this dude is like, man, I come to these comedy shows for the mannerisms. <laughs> I come for nothing else but the mannerisms. It's, um, a, it's a big part of the act, man. It's one it's of the things. It's a big part of the act. If, if such- you got bad mannerisms, I ain't coming to your show. Um, <laughs> what accent is that? What, whose what? voice is that? I have no idea. Just okay. some dude that's like really weird that just goes to comedy shows a lot, but he has a very niche, uh, you know, liking to comedians with mannerisms. Hey, you standing a little too still for me. Yeah. Move. <laughs> like, I was like, hey, chill out, fam. <laughs> Trying to get these that's jokes it. off. Like, it's funny, like, when I first started doing Miami comedy, I used to, I bought a camcorder. I'm calling it a camcorder because that's what it was. It wasn't like a DSLR. It was legit, like, yeah. look like the little Sony easy cam or whatever it was. And I would record my sets when I was doing one yeah. or two sets a month. And people would always be like, why are you recording these open mic sets, whatever, whatever, whatever. This is because I was a comedian. The audience knows what time it is. Yeah. I recorded all of them because I wanted to gauge progression of jokes, but I wanted to see, like, I know when I look uncomfortable, even if the audience doesn't, because I usually had a hat on, you know, I was, I was rocking fedoras heavy before yeah. my hair started growing out. I remember the fedora days, man. For the fedora day, I had I had like nine fedoras, bro. I was matching outfits and stuff. My fedora Damn. game was strong, son. So I'm watching. Strong, <laughs> <laughs> boy. Can't tell me nothing about fedora. So, oh shit! So I got the fedora on. You can't see me sweating because the fedora, and it's kind of shading my eyes a little bit. But you see the color skin. You see the beard, the fedora, and then like my shirt. So I'm look. I'm looking fresh even when I'm bombing. So, but I know, I know when I'm nervous and I can see it, I'm like, yeah, that's the first time I did that set. And I'll look at the same video two months later and the set is materialized. Like you've added elements to it, taking some stuff away. You get to see the growth of it. And then when I go to do a page show for whatever, I'm like, okay, after seeing where the joke is gone, I know what needs to stay, what needs to go. I know what movements worked. I know like you just, I'm why even the way I move on stage, I used to just look right all the time yeah. on stage. Cause I'm, I'm right-handed, but I'm like, I'm, I'm dexterous to my left. I'm just like, so what do you guys think? I would just disregard that side of the audience for minutes at a time. And they're still over yeah. here like, hey, we need love too, fam. And yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. And just like, then I just started turning my head slightly. <laughs> hey, guys, y'all still alive? Because I haven't looked at you in three yeah, bits yeah, already. Yeah. So like, even little stuff like that, you, you don't know as a young comedian. But when you watch yourself, you realize I used to hold a mic in one hand just forever. And it's like, no, you can switch hands. I, you know, like even little things like that go a long way for the performance aspect of it because yeah, you do, I mean, just, when 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 uh when I shot when they shot the the the, the taping, I was uh I was very cognizant of them because te- you know they they have all the comedians come come to the uh, to the theater, and then what they do is they have you know they tell you where the cameras are you know they tell you the camera's gonna be here camera's gonna be over here. 
And, uh, and oh, you can only move from over here to over here, you know? And, and I was never, uh, I mean, I, I was always kind of like, you know, especially when, when, when I, uh, did you ever do the goose? Did you ever do the goose in the grove? I don't think so. Oh, okay, so the, no, no. The, the, I did, I did a gross the, spot. No. the goose was this club. And dude, yeah, I mean, go, the, the acknowledging both sides of the crowd is super important. So I was like, I definitely wanted to talk a little bit over here and, you know, talk a little bit over here as well. But, you know, I want to talk about, you know, stuff over on this side as well. And not forget about you guys over here, because I remember you guys over here. You know, you want to babysit both sides of the crowd. Give them a little bit of story over here. Give them a little bit of story over there. And uh, this place called The Goose, uh, it kind of, uh, it, funny enough, it was divided right down the middle where the top of uh, the, this diamond shape, upside down diamond shape, would have the room go deep on one side over here, and then it would go deep on one side over here. And you just had maybe a couple of tables in front of you. Gotcha. And uh, so you, you almost had to do the setup to this one side, and then the punchline to the other side and then they didn't get the punchline so you gotta you know you gotta talk to these people over here and then talk to these and address these people over here because it, it was this whole weird sprinkler system that you did back and forth with this room and even doing shows in florida like that we did weird rooms like that all the time and um but funny enough the whole thing where you catch your stuff your stuff when you record your sets and you and you know that okay you know, I got to go a little bit on this side. Oh, I got to go a little bit on that side. So when I was doing that, the, that theater, I was just like, okay, I know I got to talk a little bit over here, but now I, you know, and it's a natural thing. You kind of don't want to force it unless that works for you. But sure. you know, like that's a thing where you just got to like, you know, let me, let me be a little bit here. And um, it was a improv game that I used to do as well called 187. I'm sure if you're an improv head, 187 is, is actually, it teaches you how to present uh, a joke, uh, like a stock joke, you know, and um, if you look it up, I'm sure that you'll see, you know, some, some, some YouTube videos of it, but the side to side, very important, recording your set, very, very important, and, uh, and yeah, man, I, I, I think that I always saw you with the fedoras and the camcorders, so, you that know, was, that was, dude, that, it was, was, that, was <laughs> that was my thing, because I always, I always knew where I wanted to go in this. I always knew I wanted to eventually move to New York, LA. We're in LA now. I always knew that I wanted to have a look that was marketable, right? And I want to have an act that was easily digestible. And and I, you know, I have no tattoos, no priors, no baby moms. Like I'm like a unicorn in a lot of respects. <laughs> like I'm I'm clean on that side of it. I don't really do political religious jokes and I'm a trainer, so I'm in like good shape for like a trainer or whatever. So I understood, yeah. like, I, I thought I had the three essential elements to do that, but I knew if I didn't like lean into it, like if I didn't, like if I wore baggier shirts, you couldn't tell I just did push-ups the right before my set. You know what I'm saying? The shirt had yeah. to be tight enough and the shirt had to be holding on for dear life in the middle. Like, yo, that shirt is barely hanging on. That guy's killing it. And then the shirt had to match the outfit because I don't want to be in a fedora that doesn't match the clothes because it's like, you're fashionable, but like, what kind of fashion is that? You have a white hat on with an orange belt. What's what? What are you doing? You know, like be on top of the game because sometimes the look could get you further than the act can. You could be hilarious. Bro, I, I, and you were the you were one of the people that you you kind of. Well, I was always I always wanted to dress comfortable, 
on stage, but I think you and Lando Leba uh, kind of like kind of honed in on on a, on a certain dress code for 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 me because you know little do comedians know you don't know the importance of shirt tightness till you're about to go on and then you'd be like you know what this shirt is too tight you know and then it's uh, and then you 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 run into a thing where you you just worried about that shit and you're not even worried about you know talking about your how your friends got cats <laughs> Like you keep alluding to these sets that no one knows about. It's like talk about that woman in the streets, and then you just like let oh, it die yeah. there. And people are just like, "What joke is that?" And you've done no setup to it. You just like drop a little, drop a yeah. little breadcrumb, and just like I'll come back for that joke later. It's like, all right, that's yeah, fine. yeah. And then you know you got the guy in the crowd with the gun in hand, and he's he's pulling the gun on people, and it's all, it's all, it's all, yeah, it's all in the same comedy club. This is this is something that I think comedians are understanding now. Um, I think at some point musicians don't have this luxury. They they have more of a luxury. You can be a musician who's just really vocally talented or really like musically inclined and go pretty far. Like if you're yeah. really dope on the saxophone, you never have to even show your face. You can just put audios of you on the sax, and that's crushing it. Yeah. If you're beautiful and you're talented, that's how you become like Ariana Grande. You become like this mega 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 star. I think yeah. a lot of comedians. We care so much about the act, so much about what we're doing on stage that we yeah. neglect a lot of other stuff like one physical health. We know how many comedians die before they're 50. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. We just it's just a big thing. They just don't make it. It's drugs, on the road, alcohol, depression, you name it, it's theirs. And with the bigger you get, the more accessible all that stuff is. And yeah. because we're in a solitary game, you're alone a lot. And if you're not good with your own thoughts and that kind of stuff, then you kind of go crazy. So we do all this stuff to be like, yo, look how clean and tight this act is. It's like, yeah, dude, but you haven't had a vegetable in a week. Like, what what are we talking yeah. about? They don't yeah. serve vegetables at comedy clubs. So it's like, you've been eating chicken wings, fries, beer. You've done that four shows this strong weekend. You get off, you go back home, and you just keep, like, it's... So the little things, the looks, the, the marketability, the ability to garner attention is so important that... I think now, because we're in this now kind of social age, you see comedians who are hilarious on stage doing side content. You and M have your own thing going on. I can't think of a big comedian that's not doing something else that's not just act. Like Jim Gaffigan has a whole series on Amazon. Like it's, it's what you do because it's not just I'm funny on stage. It's, there's a whole bigger pie piece, but you have to get it. You have to have a, something that people want to see, a YouTube yeah. show, you know, whatever Instagram thing. And then you can just keep expanding your brand. So then when you go back to stand up, you just attract more audience back to stand up. And stand up is always the hub and everything else is just like tentacles pulling everything yeah. back towards stand up. Oh, I got a fashion line, but also wear my clothes to my show. Hey, I saw you on that YouTube video. Yeah, it's true. But here's a link to my to my next comedy show. Like it's like it's you gotta pull everything back in. And I think now yeah. that's becoming kind of like a big thing. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you just uh, you you try to. Um, I think I think I think especially early on when uh, when I was doing, you know, long before I I, I got this uh, HBO Max thing, I, I was always trying to figure out um, the best um, way that I can, you know, hone in on my performance abilities. It wasn't even so much about. Um, you know, eventually you start to like 
at first you're figuring out, you know, um, you're figuring out how to be funny. And then you kind of like go inward after you've already figured out how you can like do yeah. this or say this in this way for it to work. And you're kind of branching out, you know, you're kind of seeing like, okay, now I know how to act on a, on a stage or I know how to act in front of people in the funniest way. Now let's incorporate some of my thoughts into it. And then everything else is just an extension of you, whether it be, you know, a fashion line or a podcast or a YouTube channel or, or something like that. And early on, uh, you know, I was working for Ford you know, doing the traveling gig for, for Ford. And that was just me, you know, working crowds eight times a day, 15 mm. minute sets, 15 minute sets, eight times a day. And 75% of it was freestyle, you know, and that, that's, that, that's, you know, those are reps, bro. I, I, I hate to say it, but I do eight of those in a day. And then I go to like, I don't know, uh, you know, I'd go, I'd be in Cleveland and I'd do a, a, a mic and then the, the, all the jokes that I hit are so like, they're, they're, they're well put together and I'll know exactly which ones work or don't because I'm already coming in hot from the, from the Ford stuff. I just go into a, a mic at night and I'm just, I'm ready and raring to go. So, um, that kind of fueled that. And it was just another little thing along the road where it wasn't a traditional career of like I'm traveling and I'm going to the club and I'm working on the weekends and I'm working on the act. And then I go back home and then I do it all again the next day. Right. It's like, no, this is a hyperbolic time chamber. I don't know if <laughs> Dragon, Ball Z Dragon Ball Z heads Brooke, out there, on, but it was, it, it was a hyperbolic time chamber of standup of performing in front of crowds, doing crowd work and, and, and working these stock bits that I've, it's been symbiotic, symbiotic where, where I'll have an idea that I present to a crowd in the, in the realm of the Ford, you know, presentation that I was doing. And I was like, let me try this shit on, on my standup act. Yeah. Like, let me, let me, let me reconfig, let me just get the structure of this. I'll apply it to this. And then, you know, if it works great, if it doesn't, and dude, I mean, there's things that I've, you know, up until recently that I still implement with regards to my performances, the, the back and forth thing, the, the, you know, just, you know, almost like talking to the back of the room, you know, if it's, if it's a large crowd, you know, just the little technical things like that. But um, there are so many avenues that you can take uh, if you're really smart about it, you know, and you're real practical with it, especially now more so than ever with technology that you can start something yourself we're just doing this stuff with pretentious liquid because it's just fun for us to do it. Right. You're doing this because you just have fun meeting interesting people and promoting the brand. And, you know, just like ultimately like just having that connection with individuals now that it, it's, it's in a very different way than how it was before. So um, I think, and this applies to everybody across the board, not just with comics, but with everybody, you know, you're right. So, not a year. This is like a, a a peak of your comedy life right at the moment. What do you think comedically? This is like on stage, not side stuff. On stage, what do you think your next evolution is in terms of? Is it more introspective? Is it more macro in terms of how the world works? Is it more relational stuff because you're in that space? Where do you think your comedy is going to go? Because as we said before, 
if you're not constantly trying to like dig deeper or get bigger or get more insightful, then you kind of just become, I'm getting tired of my wife. She's always nagging me and people are like, yeah, what else you got? My kids yeah. are annoying. Yeah, yeah. they all yeah. are. Yeah. They don't have a job. <laughs> it's like, um, I, I think that right now it's, it's just focusing on, I think what people like you are doing People like what JB is doing. JB's working on this big project right now where he's trying to drop an album on the on the second. You know, it's just to keep creating. Uh, keep making stuff. Keep making stuff. Just keep making stuff. Keep creating. You know, we live in this uh, in this time where it's just like everybody's trying to like, you know, you, you either got on top of this, all this stuff that happened, or this stuff got on top of you. You know, and it's, and it's, it's, it's circumstantial in a lot of different ways, but at the same time, it's like, look, man, I know that if I just keep having fun in, in, in working and creating and stuff like that, that everything like the chips will just fall where they may. Like, you know, we were talking earlier is like, yeah, absolutely. I can go ahead and refine, you know, uh, a nice little, you know, 30 minute tight, you know, thing to do a special. I can talk to somebody about, you know, getting a TV project in line. You know, I could talk about, you know, to a degree, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, what kind of online presence, you know, we can all have and, and, and just, you know, to be able to present to everyone. So that's kind of where I'm at right, yeah. right now. It's like, yeah, th this is a peak, but I already know, you kind of know that you're just gonna just, and you know me, bro, keep it going. Keep it going, man. But <laughs> our motion, let's give it up. Keep it motion. Going, bro. Keep it going. And uh, that, that's what it is. There's, there's just no part of this where, you know, I've been, since I started at the Miami Improv, man, I've just been writing down ideas, just like putting this on paper and just like, you know, working towards, towards this, man. And, you know, August 20th, man, this, this is, uh, it, 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 it crystallizes, you know, it's, uh, and um, that's, that's the beauty of it, man. August 20th, HBO Max, Hot Comedy Festival, you already know. You already know. I do now. Um, where can people find you on social media, so they can, so you can plug all your stuff, like the hub, yeah, man. you, and everything. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow me at David Funny Stuff. Uh, Am, if you want to follow her, uh, she's at Amory Lee uh, underscore Comedy. Uh, we also have a brand new uh, comedy channel hub, uh, Pretentious Liquid. We're gonna have uh, episodes. Uh, you're gonna see. Uh, Chris Kane on that absolutely that's not even a, that's not even a question uh, but we have the podcast rolling we're going to have the gaming channel up and running off of the pretentious channel hub and uh, we're going to have uh, comic cinema commentary where you can uh, watch uh, some of our favorite movies and we just talk shit and you can just follow along uh, on YouTube and just watch the movies and just hear us you know just break down and dissect these these uh, these movies that we know and love and, um, and we're gonna, gonna keep we're gonna keep cranking out sketches every week as well. So we're gonna constantly have content uh, rolling out. If you go on our YouTube page, present Pretentious Liquid on Instagram, Pretentious Liquid. We already got Jumanji out. Uh, we did Jumanji already. Oh, no. So that's that's <laughs> that's up and ready to go. So uh, you just basically look it up. Uh, I think it's on Amazon, and you can just follow along. And it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun, man. So there's. There's my plug for the social media and August 20th, HBO Max, Ha Comedy Festival. My taping drops. It's happening. We got to get all the plugs in. David, pleasure having you on, man. You're one of my favorite people. 
I know how and, and people can't appreciate you until they see you on stage because how you are on the pod and how you are on stage is kind of different people like you do voices you do like beatbox and mute like you do a lot of stuff that you didn't do here that people can't really know until they actually check you out so yeah hbo max what time is it on do you know is, is it uh, like i think a, it's at i think it's at eight uh eight o'clock uh pacific standard uh okay. so i think it goes up at 10 eastern so I, I i gotta get the time frame on that but august 20th uh it comes out uh probably like seven or eight o'clock i gotta i gotta get that info and uh, i'll send it your way but um yeah if you download hbo max and you're just kind of like what is this they give you a free week trial and you can look at all the shows on there and on thursday this taping drops man and uh chris thank you so much for having me man and, and again you're one of my favorite com uh, comics to hang out with and shoot hey, the shit with. i love you man hey i appreciate it guys thank you for tuning in once again to unofficial therapy podcast catch us on spotify apple podcast and the youtube channel because we're out here trying to do stuff like david <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Take care.